What's up, hockey fans, and welcome back to the Good Goal Podcast, episode 28. I'm Christian Brady from Clemson, South Carolina, and across the town, across campus, is Matt Tiart. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. So what's going on, Matt? Nothing. Uh, I haven't seen you in a while. It's been about 30 minutes. Um, yeah. Me and Christian, finally, my last semester as a Clemson Tiger, we have a class together. Um, we were actually working on our script during class when we should have been paying attention, but yeah, don't tell uh, Dr. Harrison. <laughs> it's all good. Hey, it's a sports class. It's a sports podcast. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Dr. Harris, she's a Flyers fan. So we're definitely going to have to show her the podcast and we're, I mean, she's not going to be happy with our picks, but I think she'll enjoy the content. Yeah. She's a big gritty fan too which I, I'm a gritty fan as well. We all are. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I think probably ever since his uh, his assault. Yeah, just, assault on a I've kid. probably been a huge fan, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, big big stuff tonight. We got, we got the inaugural Good Goal Podcast hockey draft. Um, we're doing, for those people on Twitter, we're doing family only for the first one, so it is closed. Um, but hopefully next season we'll, we'll do it big. We'll do it better. But right now we got me and my two brothers and then your brother and your dad. Right. So That's it's going to be some Brady versus TR trash talk. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We should get a group chat going and we'll, we'll definitely keep the pod updated on the standings and everything. And, uh, you and I, I think we'll talk about our teams Next, uh, I mean, like you said, the draft is tonight, so. Yeah, pretty pretty exciting stuff. We're going to get some Little Caesars, so Little Caesar sponsor us. Yeah. They sponsored the uh, the Red Wings, so. They do. They do. I mean, I doubt they'll sponsor us now because we. that's one of the teams we talk crap on a lot, but. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this is becoming – this is good. We, this is be- – Go ahead. We burn a lot of bridges on this podcast, Matt. Not that many bridges make themselves available to us, but but if they were to, they'd be burned. The bridge I'm most upset about is Emma. So, Mm. yeah. For for those that are listening that don't know who Emma is, go back to like episode six. Um, I confess my, she was uh, me and Christian's old academic advisor and I confessed my love to her and then literally a week later she left and I thought I got her fired it was like <laughs> literally two weeks of me and, like sweating bullets and multiple staff members that Matt did not know were aware of this have reached out to him asking him how he's doing with in the absence of Emma yeah yeah it's like a whole like literally the department yeah. of communication at Clemson knows that I had this thing for Emma and they like all make jokes about it. They reach out to me. It's like way bigger than I wanted it to be. But so thanks, Wanda, because she, mm. she's the one who spread the rumors. All right, Matt. Well, we just mentioned the Detroit Red Wings, and I want to talk about a former Detroit Red Wings coach, Segway 101. Mike Babcock will join NBC as an analyst in lieu of Mike Milbury, who has been officially fired following i won't say because of because we don't know for sure but following his what some would perceive to be sexist comments in the bubble 
for which he was asked to leave Toronto or, or Edmonton, wherever he was stationed. And that will turn out to be the last thing he says on air as an NBC analyst. Yeah. So he said his comments were, and I'm paraphrasing of course, but it was like, because we're in a bubble, there's not women here to distract the players. That's essentially what he said. Mm -hmm. Uh, And not many people were excited about that comment. So no. um, And NBC's like, NBC's like official press release. It was like, we are not extending his contract. Like we wish him good things. So it wasn't like um, he just got canned. I mean, that's what I put on the script. Mike Bilberry (laughs) canned, but I mean, two plus two equals four. He he's gone because of what he said. Uh, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. And I said this immediately when you told me the news. Uh, it felt like it was a matter of time for Mike Milbury even before he made comments like this, because he is definitely the most outspoken and unfiltered analyst we've probably ever seen in the game of hockey, other than actual players. So, well, him and Don Cherry, but yeah, right. And he's gone. Don too, Cherry got so. fired. Yeah, and then Jeremy Roenick was on that list as well, and he got fired for some sexist comments that he made. So. Uh, I hope that this isn't creating like a profile of bigotry that people see hockey and hockey players. Yeah. Or hockey players, people involved in hockey. I don't, I really don't think it is. I know hockey has been mentioned in that light in the past, the hockey community, the hockey culture, but uh, you know, Mike Milbury was a lot of fun to listen to, especially for me being a Bruins fan and him being a former Bruins employee uh, as a player and a coach. Um, but, and also a Walpole mass native. So he was always a favorite of mine, but I also knew that he was one of the most polarizing people in the sport. And like I said, it just felt like this was going to happen sooner or later. It's kind of like, I mean, it's kind of like Don Cherry where it's when, once he hits a certain level of fame, I mean, you kind of have like a mental countdown in your head. It's only a matter of time before this guy says something and he's canned. So, um, I mean, it stinks because he is one of the unfiltered guys who kind of brings a different light to being an analyst. But, I mean, that's what you get when you're you're one of the guys that says um, says what you're thinking. So, yeah. I'll just put it that way. Yeah, without filtering. But – they take a guy who's notorious for the same type of behavior and immediately plug him into the system. Mike Babcock, as I mentioned before, will join NBC in Mike Milbury's place. Mike Babcock obviously was fired this past season for which crazy to say that, but it was insane. It was in October and November of 2019 that this happened. He was fired for some abuse, namely, um, making Mitch Marner in his rookie year name the laziest people on the team in private and then announcing his list to the uh, to the team, which, I mean, if I know we talked about this when it happened, but if you imagine being in that type of situation, that's, uh, I mean, that has to be one of the most uncomfortable things that Mitch Marner has ever been through. Yeah. And so that coupled with what was going on in hockey at that time with the Akeem Alou situation, um, if you'll remember back to that and the whole cracking down on abuse, uh, Mike Babcock was sort of right in the middle of the big name of that. And not a season later, he is back in the hockey world. Um, 
without the shelter of a locker room because things don't usually get out of NHL locker rooms or hockey locker rooms in general. And now he doesn't have that shelter. So he's going to have to do some serious filtering, uh, which is probably the word of the day. Yeah. I mean, he's a hall of fame coach uh, for sure. So definitely his expertise will be in um, explaining, you know, how coaching is done. Uh, He definitely brings a different kind of the same, like that Mike Milbury does, but it's weird to me that NBC is going in the route of um, you have to be on your A game. You cannot be unfiltered. Let's bring in a guy who is continuously reported for abuse. So yeah, that's uh, that was kind of my first thought of wasn't he fired because of the abuse? Um, I mean, over the fact that Toronto wasn't really producing results, but I mean, that's still the case now without him. So that's more of a Toronto thing rather than a Mike Babcock thing. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I don't think Mike Babcock or Mike Milbury, for that matter, are bad people. No. In any, in any stretch, of, by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm actually excited to see how he is as an analyst. I just think the contrast is extremely interesting, the way that Mike Babcock was fired for something similar at least in the same realm of like saying things that are unacceptable. Um, he's being hired after being fired for that and replacing a guy who was fired for that. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's that was- sort of ironic and maybe a little bit of a PR blunder that they announced these at the same exact time, because it's a, it's a completely obvious, uh, you know, replacement trying to find a guy who's going to do exactly the same job as the guy yeah. before yeah but whatever i think hockey needs a guy like that so and hockey analysts need a guy like that so it'll definitely be interesting matt that if you get anything out of that whole thing that's that's what it is all right um on to the next jay bowmeister retires from the nhl if you guys remember um back in february he collapsed on the bench uh it was a cardiac episode is what they called it it was during a game against Anaheim that they had to finish like at a later date or they, they just wiped it off the schedule or something happened, but they didn't finish the game that night. Mm -hmm. Um, He was taken to the hospital and then we were all wishing him like to come back, especially for the playoffs and stuff. Um, And, and then he, he calls it a career after, after the bubble and this off season. So uh, 17 years in the, in the league and he's had a great career. Yeah, incredible career, and we can just list down the numbers that you put on the script here, Matt. He was the number three overall pick in 2002, and he's one of the one of the top five picks in NHL history that have completely panned out and lived up to expectations and even exceeded them, as he had 424 points in a whopping 1,240 games. Uh, being a 1,000-game player is a very elite club. Yep of the NHL and he surpassed it by what's that three seasons worth of games. So it's just incredible that a guy of that size can last for that long. Uh, Same type of thing as Dedane Chara. Jay Bomeister was, I mean, for our entire life, Matt, at least my entire life and your entire hockey fandom has been a staple of lockdown D like that classic defenseman, physical, moves the puck from the back end, doesn't necessarily join the rush. Just like that, you know, 
90s or crazy. 2000s breed of defenseman. Which is crazy that someone that plays that style of hockey has almost 430 points in his career. Like, if you look at it face value, that's not that many points. But for someone that is a stay-at-home defenseman in the prototype, you have to add because he's one he's one of the prototypes of that style of defense. Mm-hmm. Um, to have 424 points is pretty impressive. So yeah, it's just a testament for how long he lasted. And not to mention how long he was on the ice on every single game. Yeah. Yeah. And especially guys like that, that played. Yeah. 20 minutes a night for 1200 games. Yeah. Especially during that run in 19. So he won a Stanley cup with the blues. Um, and he's, I thought this was cool. The 29th player in hockey history to enter the triple gold club, which is an IIHF world championship, which he did in 03. Uh, Olympic gold medal, which he did in Sochi, and then the Stanley Cup in 19. So, uh, awesome, awesome career. Wish him the best, uh, whatever he does. And I'm, I'm, hopefully this he's healthy. Like he's making a healthy decision rather than I'm hurt, I can't play anymore. It's like mm-hmm. I've had a good career. Let's call it quits. Yeah, agreed. And it, from what I, from what it sounds like, that's what is going on, which is good for him. He had a very scary episode and he's able to move on from that, have a life after hockey. And like you said, there's absolutely no reason to come back. He's garnered the respect of every single hockey fan and player and anyone involved. And he's done just about anything you can do in the game. So, yeah. Well said. Thanks. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay. He's a Boston Bruin. Yep. Boston Bruins will retire the number 22, which belonged to Willie O'Ree the NHL's first African-American player or first black player. I'm pretty sure he's Canadian, but uh, so his number will be retired on February 18th. Um, the forum in Montreal was where his career started, Matt. I'm assuming that's why that's in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, January 18th, 1958 mm. throwback. Yep. So that was Which his is- first game made history in that game as the first black player in the NHL. And has paved the way for so many, you know, kids to play the game, for so many athletes to join the league uh, from that background. And this is long overdue. I think he's a history maker and he deserves to have his number retired. It's insane to me that Jackie Robinson, and obviously he broke the color barrier for every sport. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, that was 1947. Mm -hmm. But um, it's insane to me that guys like that are just now getting recognition in 2021. I mean, like you mm. said, this is long overdue. Um, I mean, hockey kind of has a reputation for being a white dominated sport. Mm. So I think it's even a bigger deal that someone could break the color barrier in hockey in 1958, 63 years ago. So, yeah. yeah and he overdue. is a member of the hockey hall of fame and he's, you know, started his own foundation, which has a lot of attention across the league and a lot of awareness. Um, he has a lot of accolades after hockey, and this is just, you know, one of those. He's a great ambassador for the game. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not saying he, he hasn't gotten any credit. I'm just saying. Oh, like, no, no, no. I didn't it's weird that. to me that it's 2021, and it's like he's still being honored, where, mm-hmm. whereas it should have been done way, like, mm-hmm. a long time ago. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, let's move into 2021 and talk about the Dallas Stars. 
who in unfortunate news will not be starting their season on time due to positive COVID tests. Five unnamed players and two unnamed staff members have tested positive as of a, a week ago. Uh, could be more at this point, but at that point, the NHL said they will not start their season until at least January 19th. And that is if no more players test positive in a quarantine period in that time. So hopefully this is one of not many incidents like this. I know the NBA is dealing with a lot of stuff like this at present. Uh, and they're following a similar model that the NHL, NHL will with no or limited fans and full travel. So the NHL is at least keeping it within the um, geographic divisions, which the NBA did not do. But I'm hoping that once the season starts, there won't be enough time for players to go out and catch it. Um, they'll be sort of confined to themselves, which is sad. But at the same point, we want to at the same time, we want to see hockey. So I want to bring up a point. And we talked about this in class. I think it was last week. Let's say St. Louis has a Friday, Saturday night back-to-back -back in Vegas. You're telling me that Bennington is not going to go out and throw $1,000 on black mm -hmm. on a Friday night. Well, even that, there are some situations where we were looking at the schedule and Boston was going into D.C. for a Friday 7 o'clock game and then a Sunday 5 o'clock game. Yeah, see, that's even So they have worse. a free Saturday. So what do free you think Saturday, they're going to do Vegas, on that Saturday? Vegas, New York, Tampa. I mean, players, you're going to tell millionaires, millionaire hockey players, you have to sit in your hotel room on a yeah. Saturday night when you're away in Las Vegas. Gosh, I hope it doesn't turn into cancel games and stuff, Matt, but it just feels inevitable. And I know, and I'm not trying to be the Debbie Downer, and I'm not yeah. trying to, but it's an interesting point of if you have a Friday game and a Sunday game and you're in Vegas, how do you monitor these players? Yeah. So Yeah, I don't I don't know really if you can, you just kind of have to trust the guys. And uh, in Dallas, it doesn't seem to be working. With that being said, all it takes is one positive test to sort of spread throughout a team without them really even doing much wrong. I mean, there's only so much of it you can avoid, so much contact you can avoid within yeah. the arenas and within the system. Um, and that one person could have caught it by completely benign means, like spending time with their wife or whatever, and their wife got it. And it's, I don't want to assume that they got this from misbehaving. Um, but, but we've already seen possibly, it with NBA yeah. and we've seen it with NFL players going out <laughs> to clubs, players going out to dinner without masks, players going to restaurant openings, but the, and it's like, and those are all incidents that were caught on camera. Yeah. Which you have to imagine that there's probably 10 times that many, which are not caught on camera. Yeah. Sure. Cause if you think to the NBA, Kyrie Irving was just caught yesterday at a family party without a mask, but it's called a family party, but there were a lot of people there. James Harden was seen at a strip club without a mask on. Dwayne Haskins. By a lot of people. Dwayne Haskins. Deshaun Watson he, was at his restaurant opening. Uh-huh. And Dwayne Haskins, albeit got cut because of that. So, or at least that was the, the straw that broke the camel's back. But it's like you said, uh, if you, if you put it in the hands of the players and you say, we're trusting you not to do this, 
it's hard to imagine that all of them are going to abide by that. Well, okay. So, and here's how I want to transition into this. Did you see about Evander Kane yesterday? And I cannot mm-hmm. believe we didn't put it on the script. I know. I literally just thought about this right now. So Evander Kane filed for chapter seven bankruptcy. I'm not a business major. I'm not going to pretend what, what the different chapters mean. Oh, I don't know. But it's, it said that he was $27 million in debt and he claimed seven family dependents and he lost over $1.5 million last year in gambling alone. Okay. He just, he signed a $49 million contract extension like two years ago. So I don't even know what to say other than why one and two, someone tweeted and said, it now makes sense why Vander Kane wants to fight the Paul brothers so bad. Um, for the payday yeah for the for the 30 million dollar payday so he can pay off 27 million of his debt but you have to think and i i don't want to stereotype hockey players but you have to think evander kane is not the only one that has a gambling problem um so a, a saturday night off in vegas i'm telling you it's gonna be an issue yeah yeah, I don't even want to think about that, Matt. So why don't we move on? Okay. Uh, we're talking about Vegas, the state of Nevada in general, um, which is a perfect segue to our next thing, which I'm pretty sure is in the state of Nevada because I know the state of Nevada is on Lake Tahoe or Lake Tahoe is partly in the state of Nevada, but Lake Tahoe will host NHL games. And I know we talked about this, but it's now official Saturday, February 20th. The Colorado Avalanche will take on the Vegas Golden Knights. And Sunday, February 21st, the Flyers take on the Bruins. There will be no fans, nothing surrounding the rink. It's literally just the – there's a picture online. So go to the NHL Twitter right now or search NHL Lake Tahoe online, and you'll see sort of an animated mock-up of a rink that's literally like 10 feet away from one of the walls is Lake Tahoe with the mountains in the background and there's literally nothing surrounding it. There's no stadium. There's no seats. Cause there's not going to be fans. So you're literally going to be looking through the glass on a broadcast into like the snow and then into the lake right behind it. It's really a cool thing. If you uh, like think about what that's going to be like, cause we've never, as we've watched games without fans now for a couple months, we've never seen a setup that's completely like made for having no fans. Does that make sense, Matt? Yeah. So that's like really cool. It's like you're playing in a rink that someone built, like you're in your buddy's backyard or something. Yeah. So the only thing I can even compare this to is when Kraft Hockey Town does that award every year and they host a preseason game in the arena that they're renovating, like whoever Mm -hmm. wins it. That's the only one. That's the only thing I can think of that even compares to this because it's not an NHL stadium. But this is, like you said, no fans, and it's meant for this. Um, and it's kind of like, I think it was two years ago. Crosby was on the way to the All Star Weekend, and he stopped and saw someone skating like on a lake. Um, hello. Yeah, you there? Okay, just I got a, for a second. We can I got hear a you phone the call in the middle of this. Um, Crosby's on the way to the All-Star game and sees a kid like skating on a lake by himself and stops and signs his stick and plays with him 
it's kind of like I wish I would have seen that on camera. We get that. We get a full game on a lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to be clear, it's not on the lake. It's like right oh. against the lake. Oh, same thing. So, yeah. No, it is the same thing. But people on Twitter were like, uh, that lake doesn't freeze. So I don't know what they're <laughs> thinking is going to happen. <laughs> I just thought that was funny. But the, it's literally like probably the size of my room away from the lake which is awesome also it's going to be freezing like i can only imagine the wind that comes off of that lake and that mountain it's probably going to be like wind chill below 10 it's nevada it's going to be like 70 outside (laughs) yeah right yeah (laughs) but yeah that'll that'll be a lot of fun like i said two games saturday and sunday in february both those teams have like three or four days on either side of that game to travel and stuff like and that. go to vegas and get COVID. right yeah exactly. <laughs> hopefully not okay we'll stick with the bruins news patrice bergeron has been named the 20th captain in bruins history though you could argue that he's the 21st captain because for about 45 seconds brad marchand was named captain in the locker room it was a really great scene and some of the guys kind of ruined it by laughing while it was happening but don sweeney and cam neely said uh you know this is a guy uh, that we feel naturally fills the position. It felt like they were describing Brad Marsh. I mean, Patrice Bergeron. They were like, so without further ado, the obvious new captain of the Bruins is Brad Marsh. And he got up and they made a jersey with a C on it with the 63. Um, it was really funny. Go look it up on Twitter. Or YouTube. Yeah, go watch it because Bergeron's just sitting there in his locker, like with his head down, like, is this really happening? But it, and then he kind of caught on, like, people are laughing. But at first, yeah. like, his face at first is, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, that's what I got on that. He's going to yeah, be a well, great captain. He's a future Hall of Famer. The the newest edition of the Washington Capitals, uh, Zdeno Chara, said there's no one better that he would mm-hmm. give the C up to than uh, – Bergeron. So I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's get into the season because as we record this, it is Tuesday, January 12th. In 12 hours, we'll be getting ready. We'll be watching the pregame show for five games to be played on January 13th, the beginning of the 2021 NHL season, which is weird because are they calling it the 2021 season? Because it really isn't. It's all taking place in 2020. 2021 yeah i think i think it's the 2020 2021 season but it's not really no yeah whatever either way five games to be played tomorrow and we'll highlight our game of the week of sorts and that's the chicago blackhawks at the tampa bay lightning tampa we don't know if they'll be raising their banner or not as you said the lakers didn't raise their banner they wanted to wait until fans were there yeah i wouldn't be surprised if the same type of thing happened in tampa but nevertheless, it is the reigning cup champion. So the only reason we highlighted this, I mean, the Flyers are playing the Pens tomorrow. St. Louis is playing the Avs. Like, there's good games on tomorrow. But we highlighted this because Tampa's back. We're going to see how dominant they are. Chicago's got something to prove with their bubble run. And remember, Chicago beat Tampa in the 15 cup. So you have to think. That has something to do with the reason that they're hosting Chicago. Yep, yep, and we might see a rivalry renewed, which is a narrative across the league uh, between those two teams. So 
first game will definitely be fun to watch. It's like we talked about last time, it's going to be another like shock moment where it's like, Oh my God, like this is meaningful hockey that I'm watching on TV. It's not like a rerun from the bubble. Also a Chicago storyline that I cannot, we were writing the script going, there's so much that happened in the hockey world and we're just blanking on it. And we were like looking up stuff and we couldn't remember what we saw. Corey Crawford retired. That's right. That's right. Corey Crawford, who was a member of the Devils. Yes. Who was a current member of the New Jersey Devils. Oh, he never played a game for them, but like in the middle of training camp, it was announced that he would be taking a leave of absence. And within days, he announced that he was going to retire from the game. Uh, an illustrious career for him. He, yeah, I'm going to look up his stats because we did. Yeah, we did Jay Bowmeister so so nicely. And in then depth, we're like, I know. Yeah, we're like, we Corey Crawford. But what we do know is he's a three time Stanley Cup winner, all within the span of five years. He was obviously the anchor of that 2010s Chicago Blackhawks team, which will go down as one of the dynasties of the NHL. And he belongs on the list with Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze. And um, well, Corey Crawford is really the third guy who engineered a all-time cup run. Yeah, so he's a two-time cup winner. Um, who was it? It was uh, Niemi was the goalie oh, in 10, right. I think. Yeah. Um, so 260, 162, and 53 all-time record. Mm-hmm. which is phenomenal uh 2.4 goals against average with a nine point a 0.92 save percent or 0. 0.918 0.92 save percentage 26 career shutouts and 488 regular season games and he's third on chicago's all-time wins list so um i mean he's a first ballot yep yeah he's a hall of famer without a doubt a great career i think he said in his press conference that he just didn't feel like hockey was a priority in his life anymore, which is sad that he got to that point. But at the same time, with a career like that, having played it for as long as he did, and with a family, it's important to respect his decision. And I know I speak for the both of us when I say that he'll be missed definitely by the New Jersey Devils and by the National Hockey League. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's a tough decision for Chicago because – you want so bad to keep intact that core of that dynasty, but they're just not the same. So you, mm-hmm. I mean, you just have to let some people, I think if he were still with Chicago, he'd still be playing, but. Yeah, maybe. And I know he didn't start much last year. Right. And he did take well, was, over during the playoffs, but it was him and Laner to start mm-hmm. the season. Uh, and then Laner went to Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So. Great career for Corey Crawford, but we're sorry we forgot you. Yeah, sorry we forgot you. (laughs) Okay, Matt, let's get into this. NHL.com, in preparation for the season, their writers and producers voted on a lot of things, but one of the things that they voted on was the top 16 power rankings. And I'm just going to go down the list real quick, and then we'll, we'll react as we see fit. Tampa Bay. Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis, Philly, 
Washington, Dallas, Boston, Toronto, Carolina, Vancouver, New York, Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Montreal, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's the top 16 teams in the league. New York is Islanders, not Rangers. So the Rangers uh, yes, didn't make the list. Islanders. What do you think? I want to hear it. You're done um, so it was voted on by 13 writers, uh, voting system, and Tampa and Colorado are one vote apart. So they think Colorado is essentially a 1B, or they're tied for first. And, and the only reason Tampa got it is because they're the reigning cup champs. Um, and then Vegas, there's a significant drop-off in votes to third, and then there's a ridiculous drop-off to fourth. So Vegas is third, and then St. Louis is fourth. And then it's kind of like close between five and you could say five and nine, nine yeah. are close, which is Philly, Washington, Dallas, Boston, Toronto. Um, the top three are right to me. Um, yeah. Tampa, Colorado, Vegas. Those are the three best teams. We saw that in uh, the bubble last year. Colorado had a bunch of injuries that, and Dallas just capitalized. I don't think Dallas is the same team they were last year. No offense. Um, I mean, they don't, they don't really have, uh, they didn't really lose any key people, but I just don't think they're going to recreate that run that they had last year. Whereas Tampa, I think will. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I mean, you guys can look it up on NHL.com and, and add us on Twitter with your top 16. Yeah. Um, I mean, at face value, it looks good. I mean, I, I want Washington to be higher, but it is what yeah. it is. They're, they're just not. Same for Boston. And I, I see why they did that. Boston literally only got worse this year, and there's no other way to see it. I don't think they're going to have that big a drop-off. I think people underestimate the guys who are in the pipeline. You know, there was out, literal outrage when Zdeno Chara left. Um, not a lot of people are giving any credit to the Boston Bruins system. But just me being a Bruins fan, that's what I'm going to talk on. But I will say something about St. Louis, who's number four. And as much hate as I give them, they for sure deserve to be four, if not higher, because they've improved immensely this offseason. Also, they named Ryan O'Reilly their captain, which is something we didn't get into. But naming him a captain and getting Tory Krug in the offseason and then recently signing Mike Hoffman to a – quote unquote tryout contract, which just means uh, by the end of camp, we're going to dump off some salary to make room for Mike Hoffman. And that was the only way that they could sign him without going over the cap. But, you know, that's just a workaround that they use for that, which I always love. I always think those things are interesting, but St. Louis got significantly better over the off season. And I do think that they will be in the top of the league, the conversation of the top five for the entire season. I think sub in, the Rangers somewhere. Um, I think the Rangers are such a good young team. I think sub them out for Pittsburgh, honestly. Um, to me, Pittsburgh's just getting older. I mean, I get they still have Crosby, Gensel, and Malkin, but their rock that is and was Matt Murray is gone. And Jari, while he was an all-star last year, hasn't really proven himself yet as a, as a franchise starter. So, mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, we'll see, obviously we're going to, we're going to stay up to date on the, the super 16, but right now the, the top three are right. And St. Louis is a close four. I agree with you on that. Cause they got a lot better. Um, and then 
five through nine are all interchangeable to me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Although yeah. Toronto being at nine, I want them out of the Super 16 just because <laughs> of the underwhelming performance in the playoffs last year. But Well, it's hard. What do you base it on? Do you base it on who has the best team or who do you have the highest expectations for? Because if you're going by who has the best team talent-wise, Toronto should probably even be higher than they are. But I just don't have any expectations for them based on how horribly they've done in the past couple of years with that talent. They literally haven't gotten better or worse talent-wise in for what three years since they signed Tavares. Yeah, they haven't really signed anyone except for um, they traded Tyson Berry for Kadri, which was, I mean, that was a good trade, but um, they have no cap to to improve ever. Yep. And it just when you goes have a hundred million in three players, it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Matt. Well, fantasy draft tonight. NHL season starting tomorrow. There's a lot to talk about from here until July. Maybe into August, depending on how things go. So Yeah, I we're mean, we're in it for it. the long haul. Yeah. We're, exactly. we're once a week. Uh, yep. I mean, you even saw how much we had to talk about. We forgot Corey Crawford, and we forgot Ryan O'Reilly being named cat. We got, we forgot several things. Yeah, just so much going on in the hockey world, which is exciting for us because we can do, you know, shows once a week. So, um, yeah, hockey draft tonight. We'll, we'll. Uh, we'll Who's give your you guys number one skip. pick? Who's the number one overall pick in the NHL, Matt? McDavid. Yeah, I Are actually you crazy. I actually think it's Nathan McKinnon. Well, stats doing... wise, stats wise, I mean, you can't argue that Connor McDavid is the best player in the league. If we're doing stats wise, it would be dry side. You expect him to follow up that season with another heart? No, run? but if he's on the same power play as the number one power play in the league is McDavid, he's going to get at least 50 points off special teams. Yeah, but McKinnon is also on one of the best power plays in the league. I love McKinnon. I want him to win a heart. He keeps getting screwed, but you had you had to give it to Drysaddle last year. Yep. So you think? All right, let's do an impromptu awards because I just want to no pre- no preparation. Just go through the big awards, and I want to make our guesses, our estimates, and I'll write them down here. Let's start with the Hart Trophy. Go ahead. All right, let's do an impromptu awards, and then next week we'll we get a chance to change them. Because I no. Nope. What? You live with this your entire the entire. <laughs> okay, season. well I can't get any worse than I did last year because I picked PK Subban. Dude, I don't why I still don't know why you did that. <laughs> All right, who's winning the Hart? It's McKinnon. Okay. I'm gonna go with. Artemi Panarin. Oh, you. How? All right. Rocket Richard, most goals in the league. Ovechkin. David Posner. Well, they tied for it last year. So yeah, I just, so you one, can't one turn away be... the hot hand. OV has seven out of the last eight or something crazy. Six out of the last seven, whatever it is. He's washed. Okay. He scored 49 last year. Okay. The Art Ross, most points in the league. McDavid. McKinnon. 
Dorf's trophy, best defenseman. Carlson. This one's so hard for me. I want to say McAvoy, but I don't think he does it. Norris Trophy, Victor Hedman. I think Victor if, Hedman is a top five player in the world. People don't give him enough credit. If they the did, Rangers, a, I think he was 13 in the NHL.com voter. If I they think did he a, was the fourth best player in the, in the world. A bubble Norris, he would have won it in a landslide. Oh, it wouldn't even been close. I think Carlson got so robbed last year that he has to win it. It needs to be a makeup vote. He could have six points this season. They have to give it to him. Wow. <laughs> okay, and finally, the Vezina Trophy. You know who's going to win it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break everything I own? You know Hopi's going to win it for Vancouver. And I'm going to look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't think he did. That's an interesting narrative, though. Goalies on new teams. Do they tend to do well? Robin Lehner did extremely well in Vegas. He beat out a Hall of Fame goaltender. So that should tell you how at least it's going recently. Uh, so do you go with a goalie with a new team or do you go with a mainstay? You say Holtby. I'm going to say the young gun. You know who I'm going to say? Got a hat. Got a hat. All right. I, I think, think Terry Price got. wins the Vesna and he, he rides off into the sunset. You want to change it? I'll give you a chance. No, I'm, no, I'm not going to change it. Okay. All right. I so think we he got could, though, with, uh, with Jake Allen as his backup. Yeah. All right. Hart's a good pick. I think it's a good one, too. I think he's going to win one. He's going to win one. It's a little soon, but I'm a fan of the bold take, so I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. All right, I'm so mad that we just did that off the cuff. Okay, hockey. But I also well, know you did way better this year than you did last year. I can already tell you. That. I also know that if I pick Connor McDavid to win the Art Ross and McKinnon to win the Hart, if it's gonna switch. If McDavid is the Art Ross, he's winning the Hart because, and it's it's not necessarily that they always coincide but the past couple years by far the best player has had the most points Kucherov did it two years ago he had like 130 mm -hmm. and Dreisaitl was the only person over 110 last year so I mean I think if McDavid gives Hart voters any reason to give it to him uh, they will which he deserves to me he's still the best player in the world I'm not going to write this down, Matt, but just based on past seasons, how many points do you think the Art Ross Trophy will have in 56 games instead of 82? You well, got to think it's it? been about 120 for the past few years. I say at least uh, still 100. Really? Dryside will have 112 in what, 69 games? That's true, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say 95, something around that. 90. I just think – and, and if anyone gets to the 100 mark in a, what is it, 56-game season. Yeah. they You have to give them every award. <laughs> yeah, agreed. All right. All right. NHL is back tomorrow on January 13th. And from then on in, there's hockey every single day until July. It's a beautiful thing. I'm wearing my Screaming Eagle to class on Thursday. See what our professor go. says. There you go. Yep. The Bruins and the Capitals, if you're looking at 
you know, those two teams, they both kick off on Thursday. They play at, seven. at the end of the month, January 30th and February 1st, I think the dates are. The Caps and Bruins play for the first two times on a back-to-back. One of those, probably the Saturday game, will be broadcast on YouTube in a live stream with me and Matt. Um, well, the game you know, won't be broadcast, but we're yeah, going yeah, yeah, yeah. we to we'll be – Yes. We will be doing like a companion and you can sync up our audio with the yeah, game. We'll be, we'll be updating you on how much time is left or maybe we'll put a ticker in if we can figure it out. But either way, you're going to want to tune into that because I know it's going to be a lot of fun. And I know the trash talking aspect of this podcast is definitely probably the biggest moneymaker. So, <laughs> well, it's not really a rivalry because we've won 16 out of the last yeah. 18. So, all right, hockey's back. I'm going to pick up pizza in like an hour. So, we'll see you next week. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. Zach, hey, Zach, Nick, Danny, Kevin. We'll see y'all tonight. Yeah. Peace. All right. Peace.